Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Incremental Gains podcast. So today's episode is just going to be me talking to you for a little bit. I'm testing out some new kit. I've got the Rode mic up and running, and I've got the new Rode, what's it called? The Podcaster Studio Arm. So we're rocking the Podcaster Studio Arm. PSA1 Studio Arm. Yeah, obviously we're not, well, hopefully, maybe in the future we might be sponsored by Rode because I've got all the gear. But um, at the moment, I'm just playing around with a new setup. So we're in the back bedroom in the studio. Just playing around a little bit. And I've been planning on doing this for a while, to be fair, this um, solo cast. I think I'm going to bring a few more of these to you. But today, I really wanted to kind of meditate on and look at talking about the mental clutter. I've been reading a lot recently about the mental clutter that we have in our mind. I don't know if any of you are aware of minimalism and the guys who run the minimalism movement. There's a a documentary on Netflix. There's there's books out. They've got a really popular blog. They talk about getting rid of the clutter that, that is in your house. They play a particular game that they spend 30 days and each day over the 30 days they get rid of an item. That can be an item of clothing. That can be, you know, the top drawer that's full of shit. Getting rid of some fucking batteries. Getting rid of old watches that just clog up the top drawer or the man drawer, as uh, Michael McIntyre would call it. Oh, man drawer. So, yeah, they talk about getting rid of the clutter in your house. Maria Kondo, for those who have read that book, has the same approach, but for sorting out your clothing, so folding up clothes, getting rid of clothes that um, don't serve you anymore. And it's kind of something that I want to approach and that I've been reading about the mental clutter, sorry, mental clutter. And when we talk about mental clutter, what do I mean? What I mean, the grudges, the drama, the beliefs that we have in our head that constantly revolve and recycle all day, every day. So that could be the person who necessarily you felt wronged you. Maybe months ago, years ago, you still hold a grudge. The drama you get involved in, the gossip at work that you get involved in, how much energy, realistically, does that take up from other tasks that would enable you to become more fulfilled? I've just had a conversation with a, a good friend regarding this exact thing. If you, it was actually spoken about on a podcast that I listened to as well with Tim Ferriss and Greg McKeown. I'm currently reading Effortless by Greg McKeown, and that this is what kind of sparked me interest in it. To make things effortless, I'm going to be doing a review on Effortless as well in a few weeks, so we'll, we'll go in more in depth with that then. However, to do things that are effortless, having this mental clutter and this drama, getting involved in drama, whether that's on Facebook, on social media, in work, the gossip, over time, and you might not think it does, but over time, that drama takes up energy from things that you may consider more essential. That may be 
spending time with your kids, spending time with your husband, wife, partner. I found it this week, uh, a real life example this week. Um, I've, I took a week off. I've had a week off with my wife. My wife booked a week off. I've had a week off, but I'm still training and coaching um, classes at jujitsu. The energy that I've had this week coaching those classes, and again, it's something that I really I value highly. So I've always got energy to go and coach. But I've not had the energy depletion from being embroiled in drama, being embroiled in gossip, because I've not been in work. The mental clutter, whether that's worrying about things that are out of your control, I need to get better at that. I found myself complaining quite a bit though, again, talk about mental clutter, complaining about shit, and it's shit that's, it's actually quite irrelevant really, but have you ever caught yourself, how many times you complain during a day? I did actually try and keep count and keep myself accountable on how many times I did complain through the week. And I'm a proper fucking bitch, really badly complaining to myself. It's quite surprising, actually. I'll be looking out for that in the future. It is something I will be working on, not complaining. A really good exercise that we've we've learned um, from Paul Mort. People are sick of hearing his name. I know I get it, but uh, he offers value. So what what, what can you do? good exercise that we've learnt from him is when you start getting this mental clutter and getting involved in grudges or getting involved in complaining or gossip or feel like you've been wronged by someone, you ask yourself what exactly happened so what exactly happened what does that mean so being objective about it imagine if you took all the emotion out of it and someone was actually asking you for advice what, what exactly happened what does that mean? Like, what does it mean literally, like, objectively? What does it mean? Five reasons to be grateful and ten lessons that you've learned. Yeah, you might turn around and be thinking, like, fucking hell, gratitude. That's all we ever hear about recently. Like, there's a lot of awareness around gratitude and having gratitude journals and write down things that you're grateful for. We spoke about it in the podcast that I did with Ed Cunningham recently. You end up being grateful for the same things all the time, don't you? It becomes a bit repetitive. But in an incident like in an ins an incident like that, when something happens, and I've not given you an example for a reason because I don't want to put something in your head, but you think of a time in your life or a grudge that you're holding on to that serves no purpose other than depleting you of the energy. What exactly happened? What does that mean? Five reasons to be grateful, ten lessons learned. And that starts to take the power out of the situation and you look at it you look at it objectively and think, Oh well hang on, maybe I've not been wronged. Maybe when they said that comment to me, I immediately took it to mean this when really they might not have meant it that way. Another good thing is to look for evidence. So within that process, look for evidence 
for and against. Spoke about this before. Imagine you're a court of law. So say someone, say someone talks to you like you're a piece of shit or you feel like they've spoken to you like you're a piece of shit. So what exactly happened? X said this. Without the emotional context. X said this. What does that mean? It means that either I'm tired. It could mean that I'm tired and I've took it the wrong way. It could mean that they're tired. Then you look for reasons to be grateful about it. And then 10 lessons you've learned. Just an interesting an interesting way of looking at things to try and reframe and get rid of this mental clutter. Also on that podcast, we spoke about uh, Kamal Ravikant and a book that um, I guessed that would be in Ed's top, top three books that he's read so far this year. And in that, Naval riffs on the fact that we're not here for a very long time. So why would you let yourself be depleted by this mental clutter and the energy that it takes to get involved in the gossip, the complaining, the arguments? And why would you not be trying to fulfill your life with as many positive experiences as possible and getting rid of the negative ones? And that doesn't mean to sound, oh yeah, think happy thoughts, man. Come on. Yeah, everything's everything's dead nice. Cause I know it's not that's not real life, is it? It's not it's not what fucking happens, but we can start to reframe things and instead of letting someone take up mental real estate in our heads for a week, for months, that energy will take its toll. That negative energy will take its toll. Whereas if we can reframe it. And if someone says something that maybe is negative towards us, well, how much of a fucking snowflake are you for being offended? Why are you being offended so easily by someone saying something that you think is a bit out of order? A great idea by the Stoics, and it's in Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, is he talks about the, the hidden fortress being the mind, and you wouldn't allow someone in the street to just assault you, kick and punch you while you lie there defenseless. You wouldn't let someone do that to you in the street, to your physical body. So why would you let someone get into your mind? Why would you allow someone to assault your mind and your thoughts for one incident that happens first thing in the morning for you to keep that person or that incident in your head for the rest of the day? It's the same as someone kicking and punching you. You wouldn't let it happen. But we do let it happen in our mind. We let someone win. We let someone into our mind. Something to think about. But then it's opportunities like that. And you can see them as opportunities. And that's why I use that word specifically. That is an opportunity maybe to learn. Anyone can be a teacher. Jeff Thompson would say that you can learn from anybody. Anybody is a teacher. So the person who's taking up that headspace and those negative thoughts, they could be your teacher. You can learn something from them. And that's an unlikely lesson, isn't it? An unlikely lesson to have from someone who you might fucking despise and who takes up thoughts in your head that you don't necessarily want. And that person has now become a teacher. 
So then you could be grateful for that person for giving you that lesson. And that, that flips it on its head then. That takes away the drama, the conflict, the mental clutter. You're now thankful for that person for teaching you that lesson that maybe you need to be more mentally robust and not let people affect your thoughts as much. Again, people, some people might be triggered by this, but don't be so fucking easily offended. You decide how you feel about something. If someone does something to you, you get to, you get to decide your thoughts about what happened and your reaction. Uh, just like Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl, Darren Brown, his book, Happy. You get to decide what story you tell yourself about that thing that's happening. The only things you can control are your thoughts and your actions. We hear about this time and time again. Control what you can control. Control the things you can control. Don't worry about controlling the things you can't control. We can control how we react in situations. We can control if we get offended by something, if we take something to heart. So I think today it was just me all about getting that getting that out and into a little a little riff, a little solo cast. It's something I've been thinking about for quite a while and I often find and this is gonna sound really weird, that sometimes the the right books come along at the right time. And for me recently people I've spoke to, Ed Ed Cunningham on the podcast from A Need to Read, Neville Ravikant's book, Effortless by Greg McKeown. These books have come around at the right time. And the work I'm I'm consistently doing with Paul Mort about protecting your energy. Protecting your energy just means not getting involved in this drama, this gossip, this mental clutter. And if we can get rid of that, we can start to live in peace. An interesting thing that was spoken about was when people say they want to be happy, really. Happiness is such such a subjective phrase, but people just want to be at peace. At peace in the life, at peace in the mind. And I think being peaceful is kind of a better a better description than trying to just be happy. Being at peace. Because you can be at peace when there's there's times of adversity around you, when you're dealing with fucking shit that happens in life. Being able to do that with a sense of peacefulness. Yeah, who knows? So what I want to do with these little little solo solo casts, it's really... I love the way Jordan Peterson, and I'm, in, I'm by no means re- comparing myself to Jordan Peterson, don't get, don't get me wrong, but I love the way Jordan Peterson, if you've ever listened to any of his lectures, it sounds like when he's delivering his lectures that he's not actually telling people. It makes it sound like He's trying to work it out himself. And that's what I want to try and do with these little 
little solo casts. I by no means want this to sound like I'm telling you what to do. I'm giving you advice. Because unsolicited advice, there's nothing fucking worse than when someone hasn't asked for any advice and you feel like obliged to give it them. So for me, I'm taking a leaf out of Jordan Peterson's book and really trying to work something out. I'm just doing it. I'm just going to record it though and maybe you get something from it. But it's for me to maybe work out this this idea of challenging the beliefs and the complaining and the gossip and the drama that you do get involved in and understanding that if I can get rid of that, I'll have so much more energy to put into things that I value more. Yeah, so let's see how we get on. Anyway, thanks for listening. This equipment has held up, yeah, the Rode Podcaster mic and the Rode Studio arm feel more and more like a podcaster every time I do it. <laughs> anyway, um, please, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify. We've also got YouTube channel, Incremental Gains. I'm going to start uploading some videos. I might even start filming myself doing these little rants. It's unedited. I've just been flowing with it. And we'll just upload it straight up as is. A little bit of a rough cut. But from what I listen to, people say audio is key. So let me know if there's any feedback in terms of the audio. I feel like it's been pretty pretty cool today. There's no been real no no there's been no real bounce back. So yeah, we'll leave it there. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on something I've always wanted to do because I can hear the sound coming back through the microphone. Who remembers listening? And this this might show your age now. But who remembers listening to Snoop Doggy Dog's album, Doggy Style, back in the day? Yeah, I didn't mind a bit of gangster rap growing up back in the day, yeah? But um, Snoop Doggy Dog, Doggy Style. You're back now with the Jack-Off Hour. This is DJ Easy Dick. <laughs> Anyway, you might not you might not get that reference at all and just think, what the fucking hell is he going on about? He's lost a plot. But never mind, some of you will get it. And some of you won't. But anyway, take it easy. And we'll see you next time on the Incremental Gains podcast. Speak to you soon. Take care.